The views expressed on this podcast are those of the participants, not of Rogers News. Welcome to The Exchange, the conversation with people of interest in business and finance around the world. I'm Christopher Thompson, Breaking Views columnist in Europe, and my guest today is a man who is building the world's largest insect farm. Why? Because Antoine Hubert, the French founder of Why Insect, one of Europe's most highly valued agribusiness startups, argues that the surging demand for protein worldwide can only be met in an environmentally sustainable way by eating bugs. We'll be talking about the challenges of putting mealworms on menus and how the pandemic could change the way we produce food. Antoine, welcome to The Exchange. How are you? Very good, and you? Very well, thank you. Perhaps you can just start by telling us what an insect farm is and what you're building it for. Indeed, um, what we do, we are farming beetles in a vertical way. So we, we are farmers, but we are like 4.0 farmers, a new generations. It's uh, indoor farming in, under control environment agriculture. Uh, it's something more and more common also in the US or in Japan where you can grow lettuce, produce, you know, vegetables, uh, leafy greens uh, and companies like Plenty, Aero Farms or Borrowy Farms uh, are super uh, success. We are having the same philosophy, this, this uh, vertical farm, except in our trays we have live mealworms, live beetles. We grow from the from the eggs to a certain age where eventually they are processed into proteins uh, to feed animals, which is our first markets and carnivorous animals, fish, fish and pets. And when they grow, they eat uh, food waste and they generate also manure. When they eat, it's a dry manure, which is also uh, sterilized into a great organic fertilizer to feed plants. And this is our second market. Uh, from vegetables to vineyards uh, to crops like wheat and wheat and corn. So eventually we address any consumer in the world, whatever their diet is, we change the way from the beginning, from the, the, the upstream of the value chain, how we feed animals and we feed plants uh, to address the plates of veg- vegans or flexitarians or meat lovers. So we are agnostic in terms of uh, consumers' diets, eventually. Okay, so 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 let me just get this straight. You're feeding the bugs that you're breeding to cats and dogs at the moment, and using the waste they produce when you breed them in order to fertilize the food for human consumption. Yeah, pet and fish indeed. So we we, we but we sell to companies that mix our ingredients with other ingredients, other plant-based ingredients, other like soy proteins or wheat proteins, to do a final uh, balance uh, pellets or kibble, which are sold for pet food in supermarkets or veterinary channels, or uh, for fish uh, feed companies to uh, fish farmers. So we are uh, ingredient supplier to feed and pet food manufacturers or fertilizer manufacturers that themselves sell to the market. You mentioned you're a 4.0 farmer. So your, your farms actually resemble factories insofar as they're vertical rather than being out in open fields. Is that correct? Yeah, it is. So we, we, we are farmers, but we are these 4.0 farmers where we 
we do this control environmental agriculture. It's pretty similar actually to uh, mushrooms and fungi farming. You know, you, you farm uh, mushrooms uh, underground in stack of trays where mushrooms are grown in uh, like a horse manure and it's in temperature and moisture control, it's underground and it's, we do basically the same, but above ground, maintaining temperature and moisture in darkness also, and uh, with trays uh, where insects are uh, living, uh, where we feed them and they are stacked on uh, up to 20 meters today in Burgundy and almost 40 meters in Amiens in the factory we are building right now. So this is, we, 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 we had some inspiration from this mushroom farming and also from the traditional insect farming. Think about silkworm, eh? which are, yes. have been farmed from, for centuries in Asia. How many insects can you, can you breed in a, in a 40 meter high factory I, or farm? Uh, you, you never produce, it's more, I think you, you don't count plants or mushrooms when you farm them uh, in, a, in, a, in a farm. It's the same for insects. Uh, so you count in tones. Uh, right. like you do for, for fungi and, uh, and plants. And so we will be farming in the, the plants we are building. Uh, we are going to generate 100,000 tons per year of, of insect ingredients. And in the second phase, 200,000 tons of ingredients per year. So which is uh, at least like X10 bigger than any other project you could hear about insect production in the world. Yes. Now, you recently raised, at least according to Reuters, you raised around a quarter of a billion dollars from investors, uh, reportedly including the Hollywood actor Robert Downey Jr.'s Footprint Coalition, which is investing in technologies which benefit the environment. Just, could you just outline how does introducing bugs into our food do that? How is it good for the environment, your farming, as opposed to you know, traditional fertilizer or pet food produce? We are here to address the growing demand. So we are not like substituting directly. There is just more demand and with the existing supply, it's gonna be very less sustainable, even less sustainable over time. So there are like fish meal using pet food and fish feed. It's a great ingredient, but it's coming from the oceans. Oceans are limited in quantities and there is just not enough to supply the existing, uh, the, the, the growing demand. So the, the, we could have big, biodiversity impact if we increase the, the, the consumption and anywhere there are fish quotas, so it's limited. So we are here. Is that, to, is that by fish meal, you mean kind of ground down fish bones and bits that, that, that can't get sold to restaurants, get made into pet food and so forth? It's a, a fish meal, it's like a small fish catch in the sea, in the oceans and processed directly into fish meal and fish oil. So it's native small fish from, uh, from Peru and Chile. So there are great ingredients, but just not enough to supply the growing demand. So yes. here we are more completing a, a limited supply. For fertilizer, indeed, chemical fertilizer are, are, are good in terms of efficiency, but they, they, they are coming from fossil fuel, so we need to use more organic fertilizer. So to summarize, we have done life cycle assessments, a very deep and uh, exhaustive environmental impact showing that the farm we are building north of France now will be carbon negative and also water negative in a way. That means we are consuming water, we are emitting carbons, but as we have tremendous positive impact on fish and plants health and growth, basically we do our farmers, customers grow 
uh, and, and produce much more fish and plants than with their uh, current uh, feed. Then we do more with less and you're avoiding huge quantities of carbon and water consumptions. Plus, our fertilizer go back into the soil. We call it carbon sequestration. So some carbon goes back into the soil and avoid also some uh, uh, further carbon into the air. So altogether, there is a negative balance. So we can help to reduce the, the, the speed of the, the slope of carbon emissions and try to, 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 to refrain it and contribute to the, the overall carbon neutral target by 2050. Right, right. And I, I described you as a startup at the beginning. Perhaps that was a little unfair because, I mean, you've already got sales, right? Can you, can you, give, can you give us an, an idea of, of, of your sales or your projected sales and the size of the market that you're trying to enter? But we have already $105 million of contracts signed for the, next, the, for the three years. So we are delivering desk contracts, desk contracts already this year and for the next two years. From the small plant we are operating today to the next one that will be live uh, end of next year. So where the contracts are there and it's to supply major fish feed, pet food and fertilizer European companies. Uh, they have signed contracts uh, after a few years of negotiations. When, after, when we, we, we were showing them such positive impact on health and performance uh, for uh, different fish like salmon or uh, trolls or uh, sea bass or shrimps or, or even um, um, on wheat, corn or, or tomatoes for the fertilizer. They were super interested and, uh, and, uh, and willing to, to test themselves and, and they found a similar result and, they, and then they, they, uh, they agreed to send contracts with uh, a, a specified volume, specified price and the delivery planning. And that's what we managed to do. And I think all the recent environmental positive footprints we are being able to explain is also accelerating new contracts. Customers also want now to have much more uh, in clear environmental KPIs to show to their own customers or to their shareholders to see that they're contributing also to the carbon neutral target. Right, right. So this is agribusiness companies who want to do better on their environmental social governance schools might be tempted to use a insect-based fertilizer rather than a, than a kind of fish-based fertilizer um, in, order, in order to boost their, boost their environmental impact in a positive way. Exactly, yeah. Right, right. And Ed, can you just tell us, tell us a, a bit about your background, Antoine, because you used to, as I recall, you used to run an NGO called Wormganic. You've been involved in the kind of, in the insect world for a long time. How did you... How did you alight on this idea of, of, of growing insects for, for food? That, uh, indeed, as you said, I, I have been uh, uh, an activist in the environment and ecology for a long time, uh, volunteering in this NGO just to try to promote the more sustainable ways to produce food, to recycle organic waste. And uh, when we found out in an NGO the idea of insects in Asia, we started to... Uh, uh, promote this idea to raise awareness, to develop uh, uh, educational tools and schools uh, with insects, and uh, and with the, some friends who became my associate in uh, 
in insect, Alexis, Jean-Gabriel, and Fabrice, we, at some point, we, we found out that there, there were a new opportunity to not just talk about and, and promote the idea, but do it and farm it as there were no technology in place to, to really make a positive impact with insect at large scale. So we just started with the vision and this ambition from and switch, we, we, we switched from a non-profit to a for-profit, but still with this uh, DNA of, uh, of impact uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, and, and a mission-driven company. Uh, and and this, this result we had a few weeks ago about this carbon negative balance is maybe the most important outcome we, we got in the, in the past uh, eight years. What do you mean? What do you mean by a carbon negative balance? What is what I, I, I mentioned in terms of we the farm will be carbon negative. Ah, right. As in you're to, taking you're taking out more carbon than what you're. Yes, and what we emit, we have an yeah. emission. All activities, human activities, have carbon emissions, but we have less. We avoid less, uh, much more emissions than the one we we emit. And just just lastly, uh, Antoine. Uh, do you think there's any chance of getting worms on the menu at your local brasserie in the near future, or is that uh, is that is that something way 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 ahead of us? Um, eventually, I think so. I think there there is a market. Uh, the, the the market is more and more fragmented uh, at consumer level. There are more and more different and complementary complementary demands from urban people, young people, older people, and uh, in different uh, uh, nations. We see uh, cellular meats, we see plant-based proteins that are uh, huge uh, potential. And, and we clearly, insects will go to the plate. It's starting in many countries. Uh, my personal perspective is that we insects won't go into some highly processed food or junk food, uh, burgers, etc. It's not a what we intend to do, we want to promote a more sustainable and a healthier world. And we think it also goes through fresh products, fresh fish, fresh uh, meat and fresh fruits, uh, vegetables fed with our products and are more the most important. Um, and, but maybe in some niche applications like, you know, we, we have so good claims for our animals and plants uh, uh, farmers based on health and performance, that, that are something that could be relevant to humans, also applications. Performance is sports. Health is many things. Uh, we, we have claims uh, about cholesterol reduction already in the liver. It's uh, independent studies showing this. We think it could be uh, an interesting protein booster for elderly people also. So there, there are some interesting applications and niche to start. That's very... That's 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 very that's very interesting. Bugs as a as a as a as a as a protein supplement in in, in one's yeah, diet. Exactly. Just just very lastly, has has the pandemic has it has it helped your cause? Has it accelerated this cultural change uh, in the way we eat and 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 what we use to produce food, or has I, it I, ended it? No, I mean you're right. The COVID crisis uh, has just shown that what we our value proposal is um, even more uh, relevant today uh, than it was uh, yesterday. It was super relevant. It is even more, we see even more interest with COVID and with the announcements uh, of funding and this carbon negative footprints. We see a lot of inbounds of large 
corporate uh, companies willing to develop this with us in many countries. We see uh, sovereign funds, states also willing to attract this technology in their country to basically build a more resilient food system, food supply, and be less dependent on uh, uh, overseas importations. This is what we are right in the French uh, programs and the, the new programs uh, for the uh, the new growth uh, after COVID is the same for Europe, but we see this in many other areas in the world, in North America, Middle East, and, uh, and Asia, where we clearly this, uh, this technology could be part of this uh, more sustainable and more resilient uh, uh, food uh, system after such a, a big crisis, which is even not finished, uh, unfortunately. Indeed. Uh, Antoine Hubert, CEO of uh, YNSECT, thank you very much. That's our show for this week. I would like to thank my guest, Antoine Hubert, and our producer, Freddie Joyner, in New York. And our final thanks go to you, our listeners, for tuning in. Subscribe to The Exchange and our sister podcast, Viewsroom, on SoundCloud, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast fix. Check us out every day on the week on breakingviews.com. Don't forget to tune in next week for another edition.